Men's Politics Don't Change God's Word. Hello there, this is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. I'm so happy to see you today. How are you? Does it feel like autumn where you are? Here it is November, and in Riverside, it was about 85 degrees today. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you guys in Australia, what's it like there? It's your spring, right? All I know is I'm living in the wrong part of the world. Give me a constant 70 degrees and I'll be a happy camper. But 85 in November? Please. Well, speaking of November, the 17th anniversary of LifeSpring Media is just a week away. More about that a little bit later. Hey, do you like nachos? Who doesn't? Well, today is National Nacho Day. Have some nachos. There's a little neighborhood restaurant slash tavern around here that has great nachos. The lovely lady Leanne and I go there at least once a month just to have their nachos. It's got the typical tortilla chips and cheese, but in addition, they've got jalapenos, olives, sour cream, guacamole. Oh, their guac is good, but nowhere near as good as mine. <laughs> but that's a whole nother conversation. And they've got chicken on there. Anyway, have some nachos today. Celebrate National Nacho Day. <laughs> well, enough of that nonsense. Today, our reading will be uh, Matthew 26 through 28. We'll be completing that book. And I'm calling the episode, The Greatest Gift. After the reading, I've got comments on each chapter. And after my comments, we'll of course learn what happened on this date in church history. Let's get started. Matthew 26. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, You know that after two days, the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Truly I say to you, Wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him thirty pieces of silver. And from that moment he sought an opportunity to betray him. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man, and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful, and began to say to him, one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, 
He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So, leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the Scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? At that hour Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out against us as a robber, with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. 
But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. And Peter was following him at a distance as far as the courtyard of the high priest. And going inside, he sat with the guards to see the end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death. But they found no one, though many false witnesses came forward. At last, two came forward and said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said so, but I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered, He deserves death. Then they spit in his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who is it that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Matthew chapter 27 When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death, and they bound him and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate the governor. Then when Judas his betrayer saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now, at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted, 
and they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why, what evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered a whole battalion before him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him, and took the reed, and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe, and put his own clothes on him, and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink, mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among him by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put a charge against him which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right hand and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads, and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests, with the scribes and elders, mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land, until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders, hearing it, said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, 
And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. There were also many women there, looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that impostor said while he was still alive, After three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead. And the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Matthew 28 Now after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Suddenly there was a severe earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled away the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were shaken and became like dead men because they were so afraid of him. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, just as he said. Come and see the place where he was lying. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So they left the tomb quickly, with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples. But Jesus met them, saying, Greetings. They came to him, held on to his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. They will see me there. While they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. After they had assembled with the elders and formed a plan, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, You are to say, His disciples came at night and stole his body while we were asleep. If this matter is heard before the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story is told among the Jews to this day. So the seven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came up and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. In regards to chapter 26, have you ever made a promise to God? Have you ever been so much in love with Him that you just knew you would always be right in the center of His will? Or let's dial it back a notch or 50. 
Have you ever made a promise to your spouse or your significant other or just a friend? Have you ever failed to deliver on that promise? When you break a promise made to a human being, that's one thing. Ideally, you apologize, they forgive you, and you move forward. But when you make a promise to God, well, that's big, right? In verse 33 of chapter 26, Peter says to Jesus, Though they all fall away from you, I will never fall away. Well, Peter was one who often spoke from his heart. I identify a lot with Peter. I think he really believed what he said because emotionally at that moment he could not imagine forsaking Jesus. But guess what? Emotions ebb and flow. And when we speak or make commitments based on emotions, we're just going to be making promises we can't keep, which is what Peter did here. So let's get back to you and me now. I know I've made promises that over time I ended up breaking. Promises to people and promises to God. What about you? Sometimes the broken promises to people create broken relationships. What about broken promises to God? What happened when Peter broke his promise to never fall away? Well, first, when he realized what he had done, it broke his heart. And later, Jesus forgave Peter, and Peter went on to become one of the early church's leaders, as Jesus said he would. So when I break a promise to God, as soon as I realize it, i got to tell you, I'm on my knees confessing and asking forgiveness. And just as he saw Peter's remorse and then forgave him, God sees my broken heart and he forgives me. Listen, God isn't surprised by our failures. Do you think that Jesus was surprised by Peter's failure? Of course not. As a matter of fact, as soon as Peter made his promise, Jesus said, Well, actually, Peter, you're not only going to fall away, but you'll deny me three times tonight. So, if Jesus knew that Peter was going to fall then, do you think he knew that Peter was going to break that same promise a few nights earlier when he said that Peter was blessed because God had revealed to him that Jesus was the Son of the living God? Oh, of course, Jesus knew. Beloved, if you're busy beating yourself up because you failed, stop it. God can still use you. You didn't throw a monkey wrench in God's plans. He will forgive you if you ask Him, and He'll accomplish His plan in your life. I promise. But more than that, He promises. And He never breaks a promise. Now let's talk about Matthew 27. You know, it's never fun to read about the suffering of Jesus, but in a way, we have to love the narrative because without Him going through this agony, we would have to bear our own sins. This is the absolute pinnacle of grace, receiving a gift that we do not deserve. I deserve to die for my own sins, and you for yours. But Jesus says, no, I died for you. I bore your sins that day. The price is paid. It's finished. That gift cost him everything. My goodness, how can I refuse it? How could I join those Roman soldiers and spit on him and mock him by refusing his gift? I cannot. With gratitude and with love, I humbly receive it, thankful for his infinite love for me, sinful, broken me. Beloved, I truly pray that you've met Jesus. I hope that you've received his gift. This terrible death we read about today was for you, too. If you've not accepted his gift to you of salvation, now is the time. You don't know if you'll have tomorrow. All you have is now. Tell Jesus that you accept his gift, that you know that you're a sinner, and because of his gift, you'll turn from sin and turn to him, believing that he died for you paying the sacrifice that cleanses you 
from all your past and future failures. Do it now. And did you notice Matthew 27, verses 52 and 53? Have you given these two verses any thought? Here they are again. It says, The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Now, okay, I have to admit that the first images that come to my mind when I read these verses was heavily influenced by our culture's fascination with zombies and the TV show Walking Dead. So sue me, my brain is not 100% spiritual. I admit to being influenced sometimes by the media. I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. Now, of course, the risen saints were nothing like zombies. We're told very little about them, but I'm quite sure that they looked exactly like they looked when they were alive the first time. Otherwise, what good would it have been for them to go into the holy city and have them appear to many people? So let's take a closer look at what happened here. Just after Jesus died, Scripture says that the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and there was a great earthquake. Rocks were split, and tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Notice the timing here. After Jesus' resurrection, they went into the city. So, in keeping with prophecy, Jesus was the first to be resurrected, and then these saints. Jesus conquered the grave, not only for himself, but for all who put their trust in him. Now, as I studied this event, I found that there are several different opinions about who these people were. These are only opinions because we aren't told, but it is interesting to think about. Some think that it was the ancient patriarchs. Others think that they were believers from that time period, those who had seen Jesus but had died before he did. We just don't know. Also, some think that after these saints went into the city and showed themselves, they returned to their tombs. Others, that they were resurrected in the same type of body that Jesus did, to die no more. And when Jesus was taken up to heaven, they went with him. That we have such a small amount of information tells us that God wants us to focus, what? On the resurrected Christ. That we're given only this short mention tells us that the resurrection they experienced awaits us as well. That it was not only for Jesus. That death is not the end, but only the beginning of a brand new life. There is indeed life after death, beloved. Death is nothing to fear if we have put our trust in Him. And let's talk a little bit about the Great Commission in chapter 28. What an important charge Jesus left with His disciples and us. Each of us share the responsibility to make disciples. The translation here really could be paraphrased, As you go about your lives, tell others so that they will want to follow me too. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and tell them what I told you and teach them to obey me. Keep in mind that I am always with you right up to the end of this age. So, beloved, as you live your life, don't make it a secret that you're a Christian. Tell others about him as the Holy Spirit leads you. In today's culture, this is a very politically incorrect thing to do, but men's politics don't change God's word. We have the answer for what ails the world. We should proclaim the truth with boldness. Amen? All right, so what are your thoughts? Agree? Disagree? Questions? Comments? <laughs> Go to comment.lifespringmedia.com or email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com or better yet, 
comment on the show notes page for this episode. Tomorrow we'll read 1 Corinthians chapters 3 and 4. And now, as the French say, it is time for Le Boost. Hey, thanks to those of you that have already responded to the survey I have up at lifespringmedia.com slash survey. I appreciate your time and the thought you put into that one question at the end of the survey. I'm already factoring in some of your suggestions for ways to make the show better. And if you've not yet gone over there to lifespringmedia.com slash survey, it is not too late. The first nine questions are quick, multiple choice, so all you have to do is click or tap on them to answer. The last question might take a tiny bit longer if you care to share your ideas. I'd just like to know a little bit about you so that I can make this show the best it can be for you. It's completely anonymous, so your data and your identity are safe. It doesn't ask your name, doesn't ask you who you are. Just go to lifespringmedia.com survey, please, and take a moment right now to do it while you're thinking about it. Once I close the survey and have time to digest the results, I'll let you know what I learned. And thank you for contributing your input. This date in church history, November 6, 1789. In Baltimore, the first American Catholic diocese is created by Pope Pius VI in the newly independent United States of America. Father John Carroll is appointed as the first American Roman Catholic bishop. And on this date in church history, November 6, 1935, American revival preacher Billy Sunday died. After a professional baseball career from 1883 to 1890, Billy Sunday was ordained as a Presbyterian minister in 1903, and until the advent of Billy Graham, no other American evangelist preached to as many people nor counted as many conversions as did Billy Sunday. Prayer Requests Well, my wife, the lovely Lady Leanne, is scheduled for surgery this coming Monday, November 8th. It's outpatient surgery, so it's nothing terribly serious, but will probably take about two hours. So I and she would very much appreciate it if you would remember her in your prayer times. It's something that's been needed for some time, but because of the pandemic, it had to be put off. So it's going to happen on Monday. Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, it is such a great privilege to come into your presence, and it's only because of your boundless mercy that we can come before you with confidence knowing that we're welcome and that you, as our Abba, our Daddy, are delighted when we do. It's almost too much to comprehend, Lord. Thank you so much. We love you, Lord, and we worship you. You're so very good to us. Lord, I pray right now for Leanne, and I ask that you calm whatever nervousness she might have about this surgery, and I pray that everything would go smoothly before, during, and after the surgery. Give the doctor a good night's sleep before the surgery and guide his hands as they're in the surgery suite. Please give Leanne a quick and easy recovery, Lord. Be with her during this entire process, I ask in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, for the LifeSpring family members who are listening and praying along with me right now. I know that each one has unique circumstances and unique needs. And as a loving father, you know the most intricate details in each one of our lives. I ask, Lord, that for each of us you would make your presence known. Where there are needs, God, I pray that you would fill them. Where healing is needed, Lord, I pray that you would heal. Where jobs are at risk, I pray that you would bring wisdom and guidance. 
In every area, Lord, I ask that you work your perfect, loving way. And we will be careful to give you the praise when you work in our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, when you have prayer requests or when you have praises, please share them with us. Go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com and you'll find a form there that you'll fill out and will be sent directly to me. I'll pray for you in my daily private prayer time and we'll share prayer requests here on the show. Hey, tell somebody about the show. Share it on your social, huh? And go to reviews.lifespringmedia.com and leave a five-star review. That helps people to know why they should listen. And it helps me know what you like about the show. That's it, reviews.lifespringmedia.com. And until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being here. My name is Steve Webb. It was great spending time with you today. Bye.